From CPR News, this is Colorado Matters. It's called a ring of fire eclipse or an annular eclipse. It's coming soon on a Saturday morning, and it won't require much more than rolling out of bed. Astronomer Doug Duncan joins us with all the shady details. Then a preview of the new public radio call-in show, The Middle, with Jeremy Hobson. It's about the middle of the country, the middle class, the middle ground. This is not going to be the perfect show, but I think it's worth taking the risk of allowing the people in this country to have more of a voice on these public airwaves than they do when there is no national call-in talk show that takes live calls, which is currently the case on public radio. This new show also has a DJ. Every member has that moment when they decide it's time to start supporting Colorado Public Radio. Make this your moment. Call or text GIVE to 800-496-1530 and make your gift today. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC. I'm Ryan Warner. Colorado will be in the path of a solar eclipse the morning of Saturday, October 14th just about two weeks away. We want to help you plan. We're curious how dark it'll get, the best ways and places to see it. So astronomer Doug Duncan is back. Hi, Doug. Hello, Ryan. This is called a ring of fire eclipse. It sounds a little ominous. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, nobody gets to see a total eclipse on October 14. And the reason for that is kind of interesting. Sometimes the moon is a little bigger and sometimes a little smaller. Um, You've probably heard of a super moon. That's when the moon looks a little bigger. Well, it turns out there's a real simple reason. The moon's orbit around the earth isn't a perfect circle. Ah. It's a little bit oval. So it's a little further away some months and at some times and a little closer sometimes. So, of course, when it's closer, it looks bigger. But on October 14, it won't quite be big enough to cover the sun, no matter where you are. And that means then that a ring will appear. A ring and a very bright ring. The reason we call it a ring of fire is it's still too bright to look at without protecting your eyes. Okay, so... Don't think just because this isn't a total eclipse that you can rest your naked eyes on this. No, not at all. This is also called an annular eclipse, not to be confused with annual. Annular meaning... You know, I think annulus is a thin little ring. That's right, ring-shaped. Yeah, and so it's a ring of fire. And that's probably good to call it fire because you really do need to protect your eyes. So when you put on the sorts of glasses that you've brought several pairs of for me, nice of you to do that. No problem. Uh, When you put these on, what can you expect to see? Well, it actually takes almost three hours for the whole eclipse. So at the very beginning of that three hours, you'll see a little bite out of the edge of the sun, a Mm -hmm. dark black bite in it. And that's the edge of the moon. And it moves further and further across the sun. Takes more than an hour to do that. Now, here in uh, in Denver, in fact, in all of Colorado, it's going to cover about 80% of the sun. It'll, it'll never be the full ring of fire here. But 80% is a lot. If you're protecting your eyes, the sun will cut down to a thin little crescent, about 1030, roughly, 
on Saturday morning. That's the max. 80%. Now, yeah. if I, that would be a B if I were taking a test, right? <laughs> Almost a C. Uh, but the sun is so powerful that even if you block out 80% of it. In fact, I, I'm glad you said that, Ryan, because it's one of the common misconceptions. People think, oh, if I've seen 90% of an eclipse, it's like seeing a total eclipse. Mm. No. In fact, I call a 90% eclipse, uh, 10% of the sun is still there, eclipse. And, and the sun is just so powerful. Believe it or not, 5% of the sun is equal to 20,000 full moons. 20,000. So Whoa. contrary to what people might expect, it is not going to get dark. Um, with 80% of the sun covered, if you look around, you're not going to notice too much. That's remarkable. So if I'm out grocery shopping on Saturday the 14th, right, and I step outside while this is occurring, even at the 80% kind of height, right. I am not going to feel as if I'm on a darker planet. Unless, Unless you're where there's trees and the light is filtering through the leaves because all over the ground will be little crescent suns right on the ground. Oh. So that's a great thing to do is find yourself a tree that lets the light filter through the leaves. And that's one nice way to watch a partial eclipse. Not obviously staring at the sun. At no, point, you just look, staring at, at, you the look ground. at the ground. We are talking with astronomer Doug Duncan, who joins us to talk space science from time to time. This time we're talking eclipses. First, on October 14th, the Ring of Fire eclipse, and then one we haven't spoken of yet, the total eclipse, April 8th, 2024. Let's look ahead a little bit to that one. Are you excited? I am always excited by a total eclipse. You've seen many of them and they March, still leave you in awe. March 7, 1970. I and two friends crammed into a VW bug, drove for five days to a little village outside of Oaxaca, Mexico for three minutes and 20 seconds of glorious mind-bending totality. And I've been hooked ever since. How many would you say you've 12. seen? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Not that you're keeping count. <laughs> what is mind-bending about it? Bring you know, us to that it space. It looks like the end of the world, Ryan. It's, it's as impossible to describe as the Grand Canyon. I can tell you Grand Canyon. I can show you a postcard. But when you actually stand on the rim, it's overwhelming. And a total eclipse looks like the end of the world. It's not just that there's a big black hole in the sky where the sun should be, but there's pink flames all the way around the edge and big silver streamers of the sun's corona stretching across the sky. And it gets cold. And then animals start to freak out. And then people start to freak out. People cry. People applaud because it really does look like the end of the world. What does it mean to say animals start to freak out? What did you notice? Well, uh, in Bolivia, we're all looking up at the eclipse and a, and a woman shouts, look down, look down. And we're surrounded by llamas. I don't know where they came from. When the <laughs> eclipse was over, they went back up into the Andes. In, uh, in the Galapagos, five minutes before totality, every whale and dolphin in the vicinity surfaced and they swam back and forth, and they experienced the eclipse with us. I got them on my little video camera, put it on my own website. And then after the eclipse, they swam away, and we didn't see them again. Gosh, it makes me wonder if animals, I mean, we are animals, but if other animals know not to look at the sun. Oh, they do. I've been asked, you know, what glasses do I need for my dog? Don't worry. Your dog knows enough not to look at the sun today or 
Eclipse Day. Okay, good. Uh, let's talk about tools if you don't have Eclipse glasses. Sure. Yeah. I mean, many uh, of the big hardware store chains carry Eclipse glasses nowadays because we beat on them and, and tell them and, and they're happy because millions of people do that. Mm. But if you don't, just make a hole in anything, uh, like, like a piece of cardboard, a little teeny hole, and let the light from the sun go through and shine on a white piece of paper, and you'll see a little teeny crescent eclipsed sun. You've also suggested sometimes using a colander. Well, I had a friend who took out a colander and it made a hundred little teeny eclipsed suns. Very picturesque. And of course, that's what the light filtering through the leaves of the tree does. It makes all these pinhole cameras. And then on the ground underneath the tree, all the little crescent suns are shimmering. There's a bit of a caveat emptor, a buyer beware with eclipse glasses. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Do, do not uh, buy eclipse glasses on Amazon. Each of the last several eclipses, fake eclipse glasses have come in from China. Oh, goodness. I would never, ever trust my vision to that. There's only two factories in the whole U.S., and they're American, and for decades they've been making these safe eclipse glasses. Um, they're called Rainbow Symphony and uh, American Paper Optics. And eclipses.com, any of those are American and they're safe and they're tested. But don't buy from a random online place. Go to a big hardware store chain. They usually carry these nowadays and they're not very expensive. We learned before the break that the moon's orbit is not perfectly round. So yes. that, that's what's helping determine uh, the coming annular eclipse on October 14th versus the total eclipse April 8th, 2024. Just say a few more words about what's happening in a total eclipse that is not occurring in October. Well, that 5% difference is so, so important. That's why even a 95% eclipse, I don't call it that. I call it 5% of the sun is still there eclipse. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, 5% of the sun is 20,000 full moons. That's why it never gets dark. So the, the absolute critical thing is, does the moon completely cover the sun? You know, I saw an eclipse recently that the Perseverance rover on Mars saw. And Mars's moon went across the sun like a big black potato because it's not round. Yeah. But it didn't cover more than a third of the sun. So you get none of the good stuff if you live on Mars. I want to write a song or a poem called Potato Moon now, Doug. It's, that, that blows the mind to think not all moons are round. That's right. I should have known that. At well, age if, it's, 45, if it's too small, gravity isn't strong enough to make it round. Thank you so much for being with us. Always a pleasure, Ryan. And nice to see you again even through these dark eclipse glasses. <laughs> Astronomer Doug Duncan, former director of the Fisk Planetarium at CU Boulder. Indeed, the morning of Saturday, October 14th, brings an annular or ring of fire eclipse to Colorado. Where, where will be the best place to see it, by the Any way? Any place you can see the sun. Backyard, park, with friends, all by yourself. It doesn't matter. The view is the same from everywhere. We'll be right back. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News. I fell into the burning ring of fire. I went down, down, down. And all the flame went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. 
For decades, Public Radio has been a reliable source for fact-based news and independent music programming, but also for tote bags. If you don't have a Public Radio tote bag yet, or you just want another one, make a gift of $15 a month and our new tote bag can be yours. It's durable and spacious, features Colorado-themed graphic art, and shows off your support for the service you love. Check it out and donate at CPR.org. People on the coasts often dismiss the middle of the country with terms like square state or flyover country. Well, the U.S.'s midsection is where a new public radio show originates. The Middle will air weekly here on CPR News and KRCC. It debuts Thursday night at 9 with a host whose voice you may recognize. I'm Jeremy Hobson, live this evening from KCUR in Kansas City, Missouri, right on the border of Missouri and Kansas. Kansas, of course, the state that sent political shockwaves from coast to coast a few months back when voters overwhelmingly supported abortion rights in a ballot referendum. Jeremy Hobson used to co-host Here and Now and joins us to talk about his new endeavor. Hi, Jeremy. Ryan, it's great to be here. What is your own connection to the middle of the country? Well, I am of the middle. I grew up in central Illinois in a town called Urbana, which is where the University of Illinois is. It's about two hours south of Chicago, two hours west of Indianapolis, and two and a half hours or so uh, northeast of St. Louis, but surrounded by cornfields. Uh, when the wind blows in a certain direction, it smells like cow manure <laughs> in the town, <laughs> but that's where I came from. And, um, you know, the interesting thing about it is I think a lot of people and maybe even people in Colorado uh, who don't come from the Midwest think of, you know, all the I states, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, as like all the same. They're not the same. And I think that was one of the things I wanted to do with this show is to show people from across the country that the middle, the vast middle, I'm stretching it all the way from, let's say, Nevada to Virginia, is as dynamic and interesting and important as the coastal cities that get all the attention from the media. You know, I have lived in Iowa. I have lived in Missouri. I've lived in Ohio. I have friends who could not distinguish Iowa from Ohio. It was just a sort of (laughs) constellation of vowels to them, I guess. Invoking that clip we heard, is the middle also a reference to political centrism? Absolutely. And in fact, when we did the pilot episodes, and the, the clip you played was from one of our pilots last year, It was the geographic middle. That was what we were talking about. But what we discovered is that people who heard the middle and they heard the phrase the middle, they Mm -hmm. thought, oh, you're talking about the political middle. You're talking about the philosophical middle. You're talking about the middle class. And so we decided, let's expand it. It's not just the geographic middle. It's also the political middle and those other middles. And I think if you think about it, the political middle is just as important when it comes to who's in power and what gets done in this country as the geographic middle is, and also not paid as much attention to as it should be. If you think about the debt ceiling fight that we just went through, you know, earlier in the summer, the far left and the far right voted against raising the nation's debt limit so that we didn't default on the debt. It was the middle, the vast middle in Congress that pushed that through. They'll never get any credit for it, but that's what happened. And that's how the country avoided defaulting on its debt. So they may not be on the you know top story on Fox News or MSNBC on a night-after-night basis, but the middle, politically, is also very important. Interesting you should be 
talking about the debt right now because it looks like we might face another shutdown here. Right. Yep. Uh, exactly. And it seems like it's, a, it's almost every year thing at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you had some sense of this, at least a whiff of it in that pilot episode in Kansas City, because you asked your audience, what is something you disagree with your own party about? Let's hear first from a man who leans conservative, then a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat. And, and w- what do you not like about the Republicans? I feel like gun control in this country needs to be more of a, a topic that Republicans are willing to at least entertain. Uh, you know, with the number of mass shootings we've had in this country, with school shootings, etc., there's so little Republican support for any kind of gun control that would make any sense in this country. Uh, I feel like for many Republicans, it almost seems like political suicide for them to talk about that because they lose so much of their constituents. But Republicans aren't really willing to reconcile with how much of a problem it's become in this country. Hi, um, I am a Democrat, and the Democrats have taken the position that transgender women are identical to women, legally and socially. And uh, when it comes down to it in practice, there are ways that things need to be worked out about that, because the way that it gets, gets handled is that that imposes on the rights of women and girls. And what's happening is that it's really frustrating that, that we're not really allowed to speak about that. The idea is that the Democrats have that line on it, and the more liberal you are, the more you believe that, and we're, we're not, we get kicked off social media sites for talking about that. Um, all the, the popular liberal people that are out there speaking speak in favor of always catering to the transgender rights, which impose on some other rights. Well, let me ask you this, Kathy. Why does that bother you? What, what, what upsets you about that as an issue? I assume just based on your call, you're not transgender yourself. Why does it bother you? That was a follow-up from Jeremy Hobson, host of the new show, The Middle, coming Thursday to Colorado Public Radio, other stations across the country. Uh, Jeremy, care to reflect on those excerpts at all? Yeah, I, you know, that was one of my favorite calls that we got in the four pilot episodes that we did. Because what happens after that is one of our panel guests came in and said, you know, this is exactly the kind of awkward conversation that has to take place in this country for us to get anywhere on this trans issue. Because uh, that woman may not know any trans people in her life. And when she asks questions, she feels like she's getting shut down. And I think that the idea of this show, if you take the, another definition of the middle, let's say meet in the middle, is to actually be able to talk about these hard to talk about things in a civil and respectful way, because that's how we're going to get somewhere on all kinds of issues. You hosted a show in my old stomping grounds, Fort Myers, Florida, that was focused, yes. focused on climate change and how it affects people's daily lives. Of course, there are powerful politicians who say incorrectly that climate change is a hoax and that it's, it's not human-caused. There's also the big lie. Where is the middle on issues like that? I'm proud that we did that show about climate change. It was actually the most issue-specific show that we did in our pilot episodes. Look, in my you know seven and a half years at Here and Now and about six years before that at Marketplace, climate change is not a both-sides issue. It's happening Uh, Human activity is making it a lot worse. And that's the fact of the matter. You know, Donald Trump lost the election. There's no question about that. I'm not trying to bring people on our show who are going to argue that Trump won because we know that that's not true. I'm not 
bringing people on that are going to argue that climate change is not real. That being said, there are people who think that the U.S. government shouldn't do anything to deal with climate change because they believe the costs of doing something are going to be greater than the benefits of doing something. That is something that can be debated. Now, I have two call screeners um, that are really fantastic call screeners, and they are going to help us make sure that we bring fact-based callers to the air. And also we have uh, what you probably have too in your station, which is called the dump button. So so that you can just (laughs) bye-bye if somebody starts swearing or something like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a good question and we're going to see what happens. And I, you know, it's it's not going to be the perfect show, but I think it's worth taking the risk of allowing the people in this country to have more of a voice on these public airwaves than they do when there is no national call-in talk show that takes live calls, which is currently the case on public radio. Going into this project, did you do any sort of backgrounding or research on polarization or, or like reducing it and having more meaningful conversations? Or, or maybe a career in public radio is the research, is the preparation? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I spent, uh, as I said, seven and a half years in here. And now in the course of that time, I was doing about 2,000 interviews per year. You know, I follow the news very closely. I, I have a very, very busy social calendar and like to talk to all kinds of people about all kinds of different things. You don't have to do research to know that there's a lot of polarization in the country right now. And in fact, this week, the topic will be in a divided country. How do you talk to people that you disagree with politically? Mm-hmm. Because we all know people that as soon as somebody says something on social media that they don't agree with, they defriend that person. Is that really the way to get through these issues that we're just going to go into further into our corners and not talk to people that we disagree with? So that's going to be our first show. And I think it'll be really interesting to see what people say about that. Yeah. And Chris, there are limits to that, right? I mean, I'm not terribly interested as a Jew in speaking with a Nazi. Um, but we're ta- right. <laughs> but, but again, we're talking about the middle, not the margins, aren't we? Right. I mean, I think if you're talking about the political middle, um, that would be not the margins. If you're talking about the geographic middle, you know, you never know. There is There are going to be people that are on the extremes across the geographic middle of this country. But I think either way, if you are a news consumer and you are an intelligent news consumer that listens to public radio, you want to know what's going on in this country. And if you really want to know what's going on in this country, you have to pay attention to the people in the middle because they are the ones whether they're in Michigan or Wisconsin or Minnesota or Georgia or Arizona, they're the ones that are going to get to decide who the president is. That's just the way that it is right now in this country. And yet, if you're tuning into the cable news channels or a lot of the media generally, you're not going to hear from people in the middle that often. And so that's one of the things I I want to bring forward with this show. Uh, Your show has a role I now wish we had on Colorado Matters, and that's DJ slash music director. (laughs) Yes, Um, yes. The job belongs to the journalist and artist Tolliver, who I caught up with for a little bit. I feel like my role is to bring the funk and to bring a lot of energy and to bring a lot of fun. Obviously, we're talking about a lot of tough topics and people are going to have, you know, heated opinions. But my role is just to make sure that everybody's having a good time as we're going into breaks and, you know, laughing. Yeah, some balance, huh? Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with a little bit of balance. I mean, that's the whole point of the show, right? Finding balance <laughs> in the country. Yep. Your background fascinates me because it's a real mix of journalism and music. What do you see as the connection between those two things? 
Yeah, both of those things have always sort of come naturally to me. I, I have an undergrad degree in music and a, a master's degree in journalism. I find I just find people fascinating, and I, I feel like a great way to explore that is um, you know through music. And somehow Jeremy found me in the wild out here as the only you know the very first funk journalist in the country, and um, I feel like I'm a perfect fit for the show for that reason. Tolliver, DJ and music director for the new public radio program, The Middle. Uh, let's spend just a few more moments with its host and executive producer, the public radio veteran Jeremy Hobson. Uh, Jeremy, how much does the launch of this show, the timing of it, have to do with the coming presidential election? The presidential election, look, it, it is going to be what consumes a lot of us in the next year and a half. And I think that it absolutely is a reason why we want to launch this show right now. When we were coming up with the funding that was necessary to get this show going on a weekly basis and thinking about when the best time to launch it would be, the smartest people in the room said September. You should launch it in September mm -hmm. because that's when people are going to start really getting into the presidential campaign. Um, because keep in mind, we're, what, three months away from the Iowa caucuses, New Hampshire primary, and then it's really going to get pretty hot pretty fast. It already is, if you look at it. Are you coming to Colorado? There's room in this studio, by the way. <laughs> Well, I, <laughs> I did say to uh, one of your colleagues at Colorado Public Radio that we would love to do a live show in Colorado, especially during ski season. Um, <laughs> I do actually, <laughs> I do get to Colorado at least once a year um, to ski. I love it there. I've got some very good friends in Denver and in outside of Denver. So absolutely, I would love to come to Colorado. And it's such an interesting place. I remember years ago um, when I was at uh, Marketplace, I did a story in 2008 on Denver as a city of the future. Um, because it had created these pockets of industry in certain parts of town, healthcare and renewable energy. And then you had the, the public transit was being built out in a big way. And I, I've always found Denver to be a really fascinating uh, place. So I would love to come to Colorado, but not necessarily Denver. I think one of the things about doing the live remote shows mm -hmm. of the middle is we want to get outside of the major cities. And so I don't know whether that is Colorado Springs or whether that is somewhere in the eastern part of the state uh, without the mountains or somewhere, you know, Grand Junction or something like that. I think there are a lot of places you could go outside of Denver that you might get a different view. Well, we've got a studio in Colorado Springs, although that's our biggest city outside of Denver and one on Main Street in Grand Junction. So put your feet Beautiful. up. Jeremy, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Jeremy Hobson, host and executive producer of The Middle, the new weekly show starts tomorrow night at 9 here on CPR News and KRCC. One more thing. I asked Tolliver for a song to end this segment with. Um, let's just go keep it simple and play Stevie Wonder's Superstition. Why? Uh, you know what? Because <laughs> just because I love the song, basically. <laughs> That's um, reason enough. And, you know, it's Stevie Wonder. It's Stevie Wonder. And you know what? Stevie brings people together from across all aisles, across, you know, all over the world. So let's go Stevie Wonder Superstition.
I'm Ryan Warner, and this is Colorado Matters from listener-supported CPR News and KRCC.